0: All right. Mike, you ready? You alright?
1: Yeah, I just Focus. saw the, <laughs> glass somebody. I just saw what he titled this. Oh. What'd you title it? What is it? What oh, dog.
0: <laughs> it's wrong. oh my god. We're just pulling shit out of thin air. I mean, is there like a is there like a a a, a show name randomizer on the right on the website? My, my brain, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Wait, Your brain is the randomizer. Is the randomizer. <laughs> I believe that. Okay. I believe it. Wait, what's up, dog? Nothing much, man. What's up? All here? right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Did he
0: get him? Am I ho What? <laughs> <laughs> nah, a little slightly. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing
3: here. Are you kidding me, Mike?
0: Hey, everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again. Another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It's Thursday, March sixteenth, two thousand twenty-three, and we're in the Bojangle Studio. With my co-host Mike Davis. Mike, how's it going?
1: It's going well. How you doing?
0: I see this bracket laying in front of you. What, yeah. what's going on with that? Part? I don't know. You're I mean, studying you, I'm
1: studying it. Assuming, pretty... No, I'm assuming you have one too. I mean, this is our producer doing his job, I guess. So yeah. we have a bracket in front of us. And uh, but it's not a March Madness bracket. What is this? No, no, no. Alex? it
2: is the best kind of beer bracket, which we'll get to later in the show. Okay. okay. So All I right. love that. So Look.
0: we're gonna do a beer bracket later in the show. And uh which damn, that's actually a lot of fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Can I we know. just skip right forward? Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot to talk about today. Um, we had a uh, Tuesday episode of Dirty Air, and uh, we got a lot of updates about uh, things that have happened in the last couple of days. But I wanted to point everybody toward um, a show that we, uh, we put out yesterday, uh, Business of Motorsports. My sister Kelly uh, is going to be doing uh, a few of these throughout the year, uh, where she will be the host of our Wednesday show, And she'll have a guest in here, but covering uh, basically how these motorsports teams are ran. Really fascinating um, episode this week with the president of 2311. And one of the things that uh, I'm excited about for Kelly to sit down and talk about, this will be a really great episode that y'all should encourage her to do, Mike, is the history of of the souvenir business, yes. in motorsports, yeah, how fascinating! <clears throat> and so, I'm talking. Kelly was in on that years, years ago. I hired her out of that business, and the teams. I mean, there was crazy numbers that the teams and drivers were all making. You know, the souvenir business was uh, captivating and interesting. and and the trials and tribulations and struggles that 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 side of the sport has had. Kelly knows that really well. And just the challenge of licensing, right? Just trying to work with other entities and drivers and teams and organizations. And Junior Motorsports has done a lot of that. So I would be fascinated to sort of hear her opinion of all of those things that's went on in the sport over the last decade or two, and then where we're headed, you know, what's best for that's moving forward.
1: That's a fascinating idea. We yeah. are absolutely going to do that because, uh, yeah, we've got not just Kelly, but we've got relationships with people even in this building that would be fascinating to get their uh, their perspective and also their history. Boy, in its prime, like you said, yeah. was so, there some money being exchanged in that souvenir business? My God!
0: So I think Kelly's, you know, found a nice little place uh, to to really put together some great content with this idea of this podcast business of motorsports. Uh, the first episode came out this week. Please go check it out. Um, but let's go ahead and go over, um, you know, what's been going on this week in NASCAR. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports and colleague, uh, a big, big penalty came down uh, for some, you know, messing with the louvers. The louvers are these uh, vents in the hoods of the race car, and um, basically the air travels uh, into the grill and out the out the hood of the hood of the car through these louvers. And um, NASCAR saw something that the teams had apparently done to modify them that they didn't like and came down on all four teams sort of individually, penalizing each team 100 grand and 10 playoff points. And so, actually, uh, they were docked 100 points as well. So, um, you know, I think the 31 car for Justin Haley is now minus – 40. 40 or some shit. right, uh, so he's in a hole, he's got less points than I do, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, Bowman was leading the points, and now he's you know, 27th or some, shit. so um, it's a massive, massive penalty, uh, across the board. And this penalty has you know, you look at the numbers, okay, 100 grand, write the check, 100 points, there, you know, say bye bye to those 10 playoff points that you. That you might have had or never had. Um, that all will... The point situation will resonate throughout the season because, you know, this could affect them uh, deep into the playoffs as they cycle through the rounds should they get to that point. Uh, they will miss these playoff points. This will con- this conversation will be in the broadcast booth re- regrettably um, all year long. And... We will be talking about, as we go through the playoffs, all of the things that the Hendrick cars experience, that 10 playoff points and what that, how that's going to affect them is going to be part of the conversation. And now introduced into this as well, so Chase Elliott is not penalized, right? Should he come back and, and do well, right, get into the playoffs? Now we've got to explain to everybody why Chase Elliott is not part of this conversation, right? And how, you know, we had the same situation last year with with the owner's points where one, where Kurt Busch and, and, the twenty three eleven and the owners points and drivers points and everything was different. There was owners that you know there was drivers that weren't in the playoffs, but owners that were, cars that were without the drive, Sw- you know. switching
1: drivers and yes. putting in twenty three eleven did that. Yes, yep. And so all of this
0: throws a big monkey wrench of confusion into us trying to explain to you know the casual fan why you know I'll, we'll have to explain this multiple times yeah. as as each round of the playoffs goes by and every, you know, this driver gets knocked out or this driver moves forward. Why Chase Elliott is unaffected in, in you know, by the points and his teammates were and how that affects him in the driver's championship, but his car and his car owner in the, in the owner's championship will be affected differently. So, um, anyways, uh, it, that, that is frustrating for me as a broadcaster, but, um, you know we have you know we have the knowledge now that Hendrick is going to appeal this uh, penalty which I think they you know obviously they should it, anytime I think if you're a car car owner and you get a massive penalty uh, unless it's like you know man I've caught red-handed and everybody in the world can see what I did and there's no way around this Um, no, nobody except for Hendrick and and NASCAR really know exactly what they did, right? None of us have seen this piece, right? And none of us know, no one, right? And until you know, unless that was laying in front of the ta- you know, on the table in front of me and you, you know, I absolutely would go appeal this penalty.
1: Which they used to do that. I remember when they used to take apart and confiscate it and then put it out in the trailer yeah. for everybody to see. But I would, if I'm then, I'm the recipient of a historic penalty i appeal it even if i know i'm guilty right
0: and so here's the um here's the challenge uh you know for hendrick motorsports um or here i guess here's the this is the frustration from the team's side okay all right they have been um you know the next gen car has been a product of collaboration nascar leaned heavily on the manufacturers and the teams to help build this car. That's right. They leaned heavily on the manufacturers and the teams to have a lot of grace in 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 getting this car ready. And also they've they've asked for grace from the teams and the manufacturers on supplies, uh, uh, parts, limited parts, all of those things being frustratingly slow in development and design. They've asked for grace in safety on this car. And so, um, you know, it's been a big, massive collaboration to get this car done. And then in this off season, there was a lot of, um, resubmitted, uh, designs for, uh, improvements from the, from the firewall forward on all the cars. The, the Ford, Ford cars had some challenges with parts and pieces fitting properly last year Chevy had some overheating issues so anyways there was a there was a new submitted front end design for every manufacturer that had to be um, processed this off-season. So it has to go to NASCAR to get approved. The manufacturer gets the approval. Then they have to submit the the drawings and the CAD to the design team that's going to manufacture these parts. And all this has to happen really quickly. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars get spent by everyone involved to be able to get all this stuff out and ready for Daytona so they can go to the racetrack. And again... Doing all this with the limited supply chain, limited parts coming back to the teams, uh, the teams getting you know uh, just enough parts to get their cars to the racetrack, and so all of this had to be done in collaboration, right? And 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 so reading if you read the the if you read the Hendrick response uh, to the to the penalty. Um, There's some information in there that leads me to believe that the parts that they get don't fit the agreed-upon designs. The parts that they're getting are coming to them out of tolerance. And so one part laying on a table does not look or fit exactly like the part laying next to it. And so that is frustrating. And there has been apparently some communication back and forth on what are they allowed to do to get this part to fit. And that's where I believe this, you know, that's where I believe
1: the confusion lies. Well, do you mind if we just read the statement? Because I haven't actually done it. You said read the statement. Let's just go ahead and do it for our listeners in case they haven't either. So I'm going to, this is from Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, On their website, on Friday at Phoenix Raceway, NASCAR identified louvers on our race cars during a voluntary inspection 35 minutes after the opening of the garage and prior to on-track activity. NASCAR took possession of the parts approximately four hours later with no prior communication. The situation had no bearing on Saturday's qualifying session or Sunday's race. The statement cited several facts that include... Louvers provided to teams through NASCAR's mandated single-source supplier, which is a big deal, single-source supplier, they're told who to to get these parts from, do not match the design submitted by the manufacturer and approved by NASCAR, which I think is what you just alluded to, Dale. Number two, documented, inconsistent, and unclear communication by the sanctioning body specifically related to the louvers. Three recent comparable penalties issued by NASCAR have been related to issues discovered during a post-race inspection. For the March 19th NASCAR Cup Series event at Atlanta Motor Speedway Hendrick Motorsports has elected not to request deferral of personal, uh, personnel suspension citing a strategic decision Atlanta is now a, uh, is now drafting a drafting track in a Superspeedway style race substitute crew cheese have not been de- determined so then they get into the penalties but I think they yeah. just address the thing that you are All right. Wait, okay go ahead
0: so basically what I'm getting from that is that NASCAR NASCAR and the manufacturers work. Uh, nascar and chevrolet toyota ford they are the ones communicating back and forth chevy or or toyota says hey i'd like to alter this part or submit a new proposed no- nose piece whatever it may be that's a communication between the the manufacturer and nascar once it's approved then the manufacturer goes to their teams and says, here's what has been approved. So there's this sort of line of communication. It's not direct team to NASCAR. It's not NASCAR to to HMS. Right. So it goes through this long process of emails and exchanges, right? And so I believe that, you know, there is a frustration from the teams that the parts all aren't the same. And so in a, in a world of, of, of restrictions and rules, that are within thousandths of an inch uh, and you get a part that's quite a ways outside of the box and it's going to change the performance of your race car, there there would be frustration. If I know like, I can only go get four of these pieces off the shelf, all four are going to measure differently, I've got to pick the one that I think performs the best and the rest are basically useless to me. But nope, I have to put them on a car to go to a West Coast swing. I've got cars all over the country. Mm-hmm. I got cars and haulers heading in different directions, going to different race tracks.
1: That's right. Right. The West Coast uh, swing uh, certainly makes you have yeah. to do a logistical Olympic right. almost.
0: Yes. And so, I, and I and I and I get to the racetrack and find out that. Um, they don't like something that I've done to this part to get it to fit
1: on this race car. Yeah, you just can't put a runner to the shop and come back and. Uh, no, yeah. they're
0: not. They're not racing at Charlotte Motor Speedway right. right across the street, <laughs> and so, you know, I think that, I, I, in my opinion, I understand one hundred percent that NASCAR needs to to be able to govern these cars and the the the. The parts and pieces are single source. That's a statement that main main, main it means basically. Look, man, you buy this thing off a shelf, you bolt it on the car. We don't want you doing anything to it, not not in the name of performance or safety. And so, you're leaving all that in the hands of the organization, NASCAR, and the manufacturer of the piece. I understand how they need to govern to be able to uh, keep people from cheating. And I've always felt really strongly about coming down with a hard, you know, big hammer whenever anybody ever does anything blatantly illegal. But at the same time, if the parts that are coming, which are you know, carbon fiber and molded and 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 cooked and 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 they're being made in a very, um, I wouldn't say rushed fashion, but I mean, there's a there's a limited amount of these pieces. There there was a big push in the off season to get all new stuff made for all the manufacturers by by one brand, one company is making all these pieces for everybody. NASCAR chooses this company that's going to cook all these parts for all of the support, right? Mm-hmm. And and they got to provide enough for everyone for multiple cars, right? Cuz we got to go to, you know, we got to go out west, we got cars heading in all directions. And so I can understand the frustrations across the board for NASCAR, but I, I can I can certainly understand the frustration for for HMS in this situation to have a part that doesn't quite meet. This part doesn't look like the design that was submitted and approved. All right. Now, if the par- if the part came to you and it, it's exactly like it was approved, I think that. Really, NASCAR has a great case, but if it comes to you and it's like, "Hey, man, it's not, it's it's a little bit off of what the computer model is," and ha- and now when I put it on the car, it doesn't fit like it's supposed to because it's not the same size. Um, so I think that that's where Hendrick is frustrated. Hmm. They're not only having to, you know, they're not only having to uh, cut on these pieces to get them to actually fit on the car. But they're out of the performance box, or out of they're 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 so out of tolerance that you're going to go to the racetrack and get get beat by these pieces. And so um, it's a tough spot for everybody to be in. With all of that knowledge, I feel like that the uh, penalties are are far too severe. And um, I mean, it's the biggest penalty in my opinion that's ever been handed down in the sport. And um, and I think that there, I think that there should be. Uh, I, I think that HMS is right to appeal, and I believe that they will have uh, a likely um, resolution that that lessens this penalty in in some way, some form. I don't know if it goes away entirely, but um, but I think you know with with everything that we know about limited supply. The pieces and parts coming in different shapes and forms, not all meeting the same sort of measurements. I mean, these are these uh, when you're when you're racing and and critiquing things to a thousandth of an inch, and 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 the, uh, the difference in a thousandth of an inch could be a tenth or two tenths on the racetrack. Um, you know, it it it's got to be frustrating. So I think that with all of that information. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So,
1: so let me play a devil's advocate just for a second. Sure. Um, and I'm not saying that I believe this. I'm just playing just, devil's advocate yeah, since uh, you gave a very good argument for on behalf of the teams. No. So clearly, we can say that NASCAR is saying that there's been some sort of alterations to this part that has helped their performance. Wouldn't you think that a race team would say? Wouldn't they make a case for uh, you know the imperfections and the and the urgencies that these parts have been manufactured? Wouldn't they do that by default, even if they had been doing something that they blatantly knew that was going to you know affect the performance? We're
0: making an assumption that they did they did a modification that would help performance.
1: That is an assumption. That's what I'm saying. I'm playing devil's advocate, which is nothing but an. Assu- I don't even know if I'd go so far as to say. And I'm assuming that's what happened. I'm just saying, knowing teams the way they do. Listen, we've been busted. I remember when Tony Jr. was messing with the spoiler and uh, he he got handed a big old penalty. Um, but we know that Tony Jr. had an argument, and I'm you know. But we also know that he was doing. Uh, th- th- he knew what he was doing, and yet he's going to argue. That uh, that he was innocent on this, and and that's just what teams are going to do. So I'm just saying, on De- NASCAR is basically saying that they did some sort of modifications; it, otherwise, they wouldn't penalize them, right? Mm-hmm. My God, if that was not the case, they're penalizing them just because the part isn't what they approved. That is a big problem, and I think that's a very winnable appeal. Yeah, I do that. too.
0: So that's so I think that NASCAR is not wrong in saying, look, don't you know, don't touch it and don't work on the part. Um, they're not wrong in that, but if the part comes to you, if you buy four of them and they're all different,
1: you buy four of them, and if you're all buying different,
0: four, yeah. four carbon fiber pieces and all of them come to you different shapes and, you know, different tolerances and they're to get that thing to fit the way you want it to, and to get it to fit and look and, 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 and perform exactly like the guy in the garage next to you. Right. Yeah. And and, NAS- and NASCAR gave them apparently some areas where they could manipulate this
1: piece so that they fit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, they gave them some the areas to make it fit, and it still was still was so different. Well, think that they- about
0: the line of communication of of uh, you know where they could work and I mean, all of the emails and 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 co- and back, You know, the going from you know approvals. The CAD, the the pieces get approved from the manufacturer to the to the organization NASCAR, then back
1: to the teams. It, um, it's flawed. It it's sounds, susceptible to, uh, to to some miscommunication. It sounds certain. like
0: some things could get dropped in the and and misinterpreted,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. There's definitely imperfections in the process.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm fascinated by it, but um, and this is all new because this was never the way the sport was ran in the past. Right um of certainly now you know nose pieces tail pieces roofs and all those things were manuf- were were approved through the manufacturer the OEM uh would would have to get it approved and then that information would come through the OEM to the team so i mean that line of communication is not uncommon in nascar but to be doing this for every single part and piece on the race car and as they continue to get redeveloped and redesigned and resubmitted uh, it seems like that it could get a little murky. And the teams are going to – if you say, hey, man, um, we allow, we're allow, we going to allow a little leeway here, I, th- I think that the teams are going to take as much as they can, right? They're going to look at that and read into that and, and, and as much as they can. And while maybe there should have been some – while maybe, yes, certainly NASCAR should has a right to be frustrated by what they saw – the fact that they are in this position as a group and they have all worked in tandem to get here and they took the parts off before the cars raced and competed in competition, I think this penalty is a little too
1: severe. That, that's a huge distinction that you just said. They actually, because, you know, they wiped the floor with everybody except yeah. Kevin Harvick. I mean, but but yeah, you know, the Hendrick cars have been very fast. They don't look to be slowing down anytime soon, but they didn't race with the parts. I agree.
0: And I think, too, you know, you got to look at how – we don't want favoritism in our sport, but the or the teams and the OEMs, the manufacturers, everybody and NASCAR has worked together to get to this point, and to uh, you know sort of get smacked around uh, so bad in front of the whole in front of the whole industry was uh, is is a bit tough to take if you're a team owner. Uh, and putting so much of your own investment into getting the sport in this new direction with this new car right um, think about gra- the the garage 56 pl- program right where uh, Hendrick and NASCAR and everyone's working together same thing same collaboration right um, you would think that there would be um, you would think that there would be a little what's the word I'm looking for
1: grace maybe a little bit of a a, a partnership yeah. i don't know some who knows i, I mean like if, if if certainly to get a historic penalty you would you would have appreciated a heads up that you're tampering into some territory that's gonna you're gonna regret back out before why you still yeah. can or something and like that I think
0: nascar would say that they gave them that a heads up but yeah grace is the word i think everything that they've been through as a as an industry to get to this point with the car and the grace that the teams and the manufacturers have shown NASCAR with the car um, could go both ways.
1: Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media president Mike Davis here, excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels uh, during a race weekend. The prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts, and you should be, too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works, too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host.
0: Let's move on. Uh, Jenny Hamlin, doc 25 points, fined $50,000 for uh, comments on his podcast, a Dirty Mo Media podcast, aptly named Actions (laughs) Detrimental. Hey, man, we thought it was a great name. I still think it's a great great name.
1: name. I think it fits more today than it did last week. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, you know, I heard Denny's comments and then I read the copy, right, uh, of all of the things that he. he said in his, in, his, uh, in his podcast, I feel like that, you know, I I love NASCAR. I really do. I know it's not going to sound like it today, but I feel like this is an overreach. I can't help it. I mean, I got to be honest. Um, Rubbin's racing, mm. right? Uh, that, that's absolutely on the aggressive side of things, what happened between him and Ross on the racetrack. But we see this multiple times in races over the year. I've seen this in racing all my life. You take guys into the wall, you 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 run, you run, you take away the racetrack. I mean, if they're gonna, if they're smart enough to lift and there's not contact, good for them. Uh, but you have times throughout races where guys just blatantly either don't know you're even there or know you're there and don't care. Right. Um, we hardly penalize drivers for those type of infractions and rarely do those drivers admit it, you know, that it was intentional or anything. Um, and maybe that's the difference. But we're now in a time where social media analysis like podcasts, they give drivers a new unfiltered platform. You know, and I think that as we evolve as a sport, NASCAR needs to evolve in how they view the way drivers use these platforms. Right. And so if if Denny gets out of the car and and they get a microphone on in his face on pit road and he goes, I wrecked him right there. Boom, bam. I would view that differently than Denny getting on his podcast on a Wednesday and going, yeah, man, I didn't take care of that guy.
1: You you would view it differently.
0: How? I would say in the heat of the moment, you've gotten out of the car at the racetrack on the property and said, look, the thing I just did, I meant to do it. I might get I might. I might have a problem with that, mm. but if you're going to go on social media or go on your podcast and say whatever you you say whatever you want to say, it's it's uh, I feel like that that's kind of off limits mm. in my mind, you know. And so I don't know. I, I I I I view it through a different lens, and so you know I would I would. Think about it like this, I guess. I mean, I would say things on this show, in this room, that I would never say in a broadcast booth. That's right. Never. And I think there's a difference. There is. And so, you know, I think NASCAR needs to... Uh, NASCAR's a, a, a view of how drivers are using these platforms might need to evolve as the platforms evolve, Right. And so maybe they could just have a bit of an open mind to, hey man, the guy's on his podcast running his mouth. I feel like he ran his mouth, didn't like what he said, but that's, you know, that's going that's sort of out of the arena.
1: And you bring and, up a good point. What if he'd have tweeted that, and not put it on a podcast? Is it the same thing? Probably. Pro- I mean, I don't think
0: they would view it. I think Twitter,
1: because Denny said you know controversial things on Twitter. He has.
0: I think that Twitter. Is they are more uh, adjusted to how Twitter is used, and they probably would not it wouldn't have stung them as severely. And now you know his podcast is new. A driver going on a podcast and being so uh, transparent is a new a new thing for them. Right? Mm -hmm. It's new for all of us. We were all taken aback by what we saw or heard from Denny on the show. Yeah, we reacted it's, to it on all Tuesday. Of us, all of us were shocked by it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's probably, you know, why NASCAR reacted the way they did because it's sort of this, it was a new it was a new thing, you know, for a driver to go on a podcast and say those type of things. But I feel like that in the day and age that we're in and the way media works and everything, it should be, you know, it should be considered... The platform, the place, the time, all that has, all that makes a bit of a difference in how I would govern that particular situation. Now, I would still go to Denny and say, hey, man, what, let's sit down and talk about this. You know, I don't know if this happened, uh, but if I was anyone in the NASCAR industry that was bothered by what I heard, I would sit down with Denny or call him up and say, you're going to give me 10 minutes. You know, I don't care if you're busy, but we're going to talk about this. Uh, can you explain to me? Uh, whether you really intentionally wrecked him and give me a run me through that lap. Hmm. And so, um, you know, and then maybe I would react to that information that I'm getting firsthand from Denny. Um, there's uh there's, there's two, there's two other things, you know, I, I would, I would look at this as an opportunity. There's, I would give Denny Instead of saying, you know, instead of coming out on a Tuesday and saying I'm gonna find you, you know, fifty thousand dollars and twenty five points, I would actually, uh, I wonder how why you couldn't go to the to Denny and say, Hey Denny, I'm I'm gonna give you the choice. I'm gonna give you this penalty twenty five points fifty grand, or I want you to go, uh, I want you to go to Atlanta on Thursday. I got a media tour lined up for you. Yeah, I got radio shows for you to do. I got local TV for you to do. You're going to be busy from probably about ten o'clock to four p.m.
1: You'll build France way like the old school way. Just yeah. make them make them work. That's right. Put them to work.
0: Yeah. So that is while mm. while look, man, we all you know we all think that promoting the sport is a good thing. But to be honest with you, Denny would not really love the idea of going into Atlanta and spending an you know entire day. <laughs> doing uh, local spots, satellite media tours and all those things, but it would get the message across. And so while you're sort of punishing Denny in a way, you're also promoting the sport and allowing Denny to go promote the sport. I mean, behind closed doors, I would be taking Ross and Denny both to a fine steakhouse and giving them Rolexes because everything that they've done in the past two years – has drawn nothing but good attention. Right, the, nothing but good attention. I don't, and and I to your point on on your Twitter post of you not wanting neither one of them to change, be true to themselves. Absolutely, Denny don't change.
1: Don't change, Ross.
0: Please do not change. Right. So I as as frustrated as Denny is with the way Ross raises him. Ross, please don't change that. Right. Keep frustrating Denny. We need we need a rivalry. Yes, and so. I don't want any of that stifled, and I'm afraid that as you know NASCAR reacted, they will stifle Denny's, uh, you know, Denny going on his podcast and being honest. Right? People are enjoying this podcast. People are enjoying this sort of inside look in Denny's life, his business, how he how he views the sport and the things that happen to him on a on a on a, base, on a weekly basis. I wish we had all the drivers doing that um corey la joy is doing an amazing job with stacking pennies yes uh and and we need more drivers creating their own content like this hosting their own shows really you know and so this is a great thing and i know that um nascar and their statement said that they, we, lo- we love denny having his podcast we love what he's doing with that but i'm afraid this will this will stifle him uh and, and other drivers, other drivers are going to see this and go, "Oh man, man I'm going to zip my lip for a little while here." I'm gonna, I'm of gonna, course, they will. I'm going to withdraw just so much. And worse, worse than that, that they stifle the activity on the racetrack. Look, nobody, you don't have to love everything that happens on the track. You can hate what Denny did on that last lap. Hundred we can, percent. We can all be frustrated by it. The 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 you know the talking heads in the media myself included can criticize and critique all of the decisions that were made but it is it is drama and you need a little bit of that that's part of the recipe for a good show it isn't the lead actor it's not the lead of the plot you got the guy winning the race that's your star and how he did it—that's your plot. But you got to have these little things boiling in the bottom, right? And so, I'm afraid that you know we we definitely don't want to go back to boys have at it and just like you know lawlessness in the garage of, you know, drivers doing whatever they want to do in anywhere, in, anyhow, on the racetrack and off the racetrack. But you got to let these guys, you know, have these little spats, and um, and I, maybe they don't have a problem with it. It's the fact that he came out and was so blatantly,
1: yeah blatantly sort of you know i guess it, but people say that it's almost like he dared them to do something yeah
0: see that was the i heard i was talking to you about that and i didn't feel like he was daring nascar i feel like that he was daring ross mm. like he was basically saying all right you know i mean the Denny, when i listened to denny's comments it was kind of like everybody been telling me i wouldn't do nothing everybody been saying i wouldn't i wouldn't Hit him back or try to get him back, and and this is my this is my way of doing it. And and he even said it was stupid because he cost himself so many spots. I mean, he was really honest about it. He was like, you know, I, I, I was I
1: was losing control. I decided if I'm going, he's going with me. Yeah, and he was and, being sarcastic in a way. We all knew that. That yeah. was just him, the way he was teeing it up just to be yeah. entertaining. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I there are some. Instances in the past year where this points penalty is consistent, like, um, I got it right here. Um, William Byron last year penalized 25 points, $50,000 after he wrecked Denny Hamlin to Texas during a playoff race. Um, and so, now Byron appealed that, which Denny says he's not going to appeal it. Byron appealed it, and it was dropped to zero points and a $100,000 fine. So,
1: Bubble which Wop. I thought was unreal to be honest with you. I couldn't believe that they
0: well they Byron got that back. was more than happy to pay that $100,000. Of course, the points and is get what the points. Stung, right I agree. in the playoffs, yes. I think Denny should appeal this. I think he should appeal it based just on that alone. This was a playoff race that all this went down between William and Denny. Um, Bubba spun during the Texas playoff race uh, in 2019. He admitted it on NBC Sports that he had done it on purpose to gain a caution.
1: Sometime later, even. He was, yeah. yeah.
0: And he was uh, 50 points and $50,000. So, um, and, you know, the the thing with Ross and Denny has been going on since 2022 at Gateway. They had issues at Gateway, Atlanta, Martinsville, Pocono, the Clash to Coliseum, and, um, you know, these guys just can't stay away from each other. Um, and I hope it continues. But I think Denny should appeal. I know he decided that I guess he's not going to appeal it. I think he should considering, that you know, the points. Again, just like I mentioned with the HMS points, I mean, losing that points could trickle into some other issues later down into the season. Um, I guess Denny thinks, hey, if I win a race, it's all good. Uh, they didn't take any playoff points away. Um I don't think Denny's so much worried about the fifty grand as much as he is just the the principle of it all.
1: The principle, right? Yeah, right, right. Let me ask you a question real quick. Um, somebody in the industry that's you know pretty relevant uh, texted me last night, and these this person is familiar with the rule book. I am not. The rule book's not public, so I don't know where to even go find the rule book. But this person said intent was removed from the rule book this year. So that admitting that he intended to go ruin his day should not matter. I don't understand. You don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, again, I don't know if this intent, you know, they were saying that the reason they had to do something was because he intentionally manipulated the race or intentionally spun somebody out, intentionally wrecked them, whatever you want to call it. And uh, But but this person said that uh, intent was actually removed from the rule book language this year, and so it should not even matter that he admitted that he intended to go, you know, I'm having a bad day, and you're going to have a bad day with me, buddy. Um, I don't know if you know anything more about that. I don't. I'm just—I think that's curious. I mean, I've had—there's been so (laughs)
0: many— I understand that in this situation Denny went on a podcast and gave a lot of information about this certain incident that and and spelled out his reasoning for doing it and what he did and what he thought. But every freaking race something there's,
1: happens. There's an intention.
0: Every single race somebody gets annoyed because they got raced too hard in the last corner so they door you on the next straightaway. Yeah. And and, in, and and it, sometimes that'll cut a tire down. I've seen it cut tires down and it wrecks. The guy goes into the fence into turn one. I've done it. I ran into the side of Reed and resource and on, on the front straightaway at F- uh, Fontana one year. He, I didn't like the way he raced me in three and four. I adore him <laughs> on the front straightaway. My pipes cut his left rear tire down and he crashed into turn one. Jimmy Ellidge was the crew chief.
1: Oh, that's awkward.
0: Yeah. And so, um, my point is, is that, and I've had that happen to me, you know, where mm-hmm. a guy, you know, I raced a guy and I'm thinking, man, I'm having fun. We're racing. And he doors me on the next straightaway because he's mad that I'm not letting him go. Mm. And that's an intentional act that these things are just so common. Now, Denny's was much, much more aggressive. And he continued to beat on the back bumper of the one car as they come to the checker flag. Um, you know, but. Dang, man. I mean, that's just – that to me is – I I look at that and go, damn, that's the same thing you see or hope to see every time you buy a ticket to a Saturday night, Friday night short track race. You hope that
1: you're going to see some shit like that go down. That's That was my point yesterday on Dirty Mo Live. Like, are, are we to really feel guilty that we are entertained by – Drivers kind of getting frustrated with each other. What? What are we I watching? I do. I NASCAR making me feel guilty for liking this. <laughs> but that's the problem. That's the problem. That's that's not okay. Yeah. We should not feel bad about that. And so, you know, people that go at us and go, Denny just should shut his mouth. That is not what we want. And I'm not talking about we as Dirty Mo Media. I'm talking yeah. about we as race fans. Do not want to encourage drivers to shut their mouth. Yeah. I I agree. Um.
0: I'll go to uh, Jeff Glucks tweet, which was one of my favorites from yesterday. Yeah, you tell them. That's what NASCAR needs for all those drivers
1: to keep their. Well, Damn. hold <laughs> on. Read up. Read what he's responding to if you're going to read that tweet, because somebody went to him first and he's responding to it. I, don't know, I still think it's. Well, somebody was like, basically, they just need to shut their mouths. You know, that was paraphrasing the and I, now I, he's. That's okay. what you just said. So okay. I, was just I didn't kinda- know. Okay, <laughs> I'm just helping out. That's all. Go ahead, read it. Oh man. That was f- up. Well, it's all giving f- f- the listeners something some context behind what you're about to read is f- up on a podcast. Well, that's even more f- up. All right. Well, so, so, so I guess I'll get fined for that one too. Mike, say whatever you want. All right. Go ahead. Read your read your tweet.
0: All right. So, like Mike was implying, uh, someone tweeted, um, "You don't have to tell on yourself on a podcast. Keep your mouth shut, and nothing happens." Right? That's right. Um, and so G- Jeff Gluck's uh, response was, yeah, you tell them. That's what NASCAR needs for all those drivers to keep their damn mouth shut. They show way too much personality as it is. Shut up and race, guys, and definitely don't do any podcasts. Thank goodness they'll all be quiet now. <laughs> right. And right. so, um, you know, which it's funny to go, it's, you know, it, that's a that's a whole nother conversation. It's, it, Twitter was full of. Sarcasm and sarcasm and, and frustrations and people going, people for what NASCAR did, people saying, hey, man, just keep your mouth shut. Hey, man, just don't go on the show and, hey, qu- don't admit to the crime, da 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 right? Right. But then there was another, you know, large group of people that were
1: just as frustrated as, as Jeff Gluck was. Well, the people that are sitting there saying shut your mouth, drivers just know your role and and, and don't say anything, are the same ones that will complain about the races being boring and that the cars don't make passes. And all these things, the same ones that will vote in in Gluck's Twitter poll that the race was no good are also the same people with the same lazy take that drivers need to shut their mouth. It's hypocritical.
0: Well, uh, so there you go. I I think that's that's our take on the HMS penalties, uh, the Colleague penalties, the Denny Hamlin penalties. Maybe it, uh, I feel like it was a it was a bit harsh across the board. Maybe, but because it was so much all in one day, I don't really know. But um, either way, I'm you know, and I know that I've said in the past that I want NASCAR to be mean and stern and come down with a hammer on everything, right? But boy, I think that this was a bigger hammer than I ever thought they'd use.
1: So you're to blame for this. Yeah, they listened to what you said in the past, Maybe and so. now they're going to hand it out Maybe to everybody.
0: So. It's been. Uh, it's, it's been revealed the crew chiefs for Hendrick Motorsports this weekend. Um, the organization uh, did not ask for a deferral of the suspension as they appealed the L2 penalties. So uh, Brian Campy will be William Byron's crew chief. Greg Ives back on the box for Alex Bowman. <laughs> Kevin Meandering, my old engineer, on the box for Kyle Larson. And Tom Gray uh, will be on the box with Josh Berry. All those are solid, solid guys that'll get a great, you know, get the job done for that organization this weekend in Atlanta. And um, also, uh, we might have a little bit of an early release on Actions Detrimental. Oh, what, what, what Apparently, Denny wants to come into the studio and talk now. Oh,
1: you got something to say.
0: Yeah. So... Um. Yeah, Denny usually uh, his actions de- et- actions detrimental come out every Monday, but considering the circumstances, Denny needs to work now. So Denny's Denny's gonna cook.
1: It's just been building up in the last twenty four hours. <laughs> He's ready to unload. All right, we'll see.
3: Hey, download listeners, supervising producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget
4: that's right and they're operating with one clear mission to serve as the vital link in the supply chain adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services
3: let me tell you here's what makes them different is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains To get products on-site and on-time is so crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game-changer in keeping projects on task.
4: So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running.
3: Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today.
0: Going to Atlanta this weekend... Uh, there's a new pit road commitment line. And if you haven't seen a picture of this, uh, Anthony Alfredo tweeted a photo of basically the vantage point of entering turn three, committing to pit road, which is on the apron of the racetrack. And I believe that pit road speed begins at the line entering turn three, and it's going to add about 30 seconds to your pit stop. You're going to have to run pit road speed all the way around turn three and four and then on the pit road as you usually would. So the, the concern, I guess, there, you know, when they narrowed up the racetrack and they increased the banking and repaved Atlanta, the, the track turned into a, you know, a mile and a half super speedway Daytona Dega style racing. So the cars are double file three wide running, you know, nearly 200 miles an hour. And so if someone or a bunch of people need to come to pit road under a green flag pit stop, they would get plowed over and run through. It would cause a terrible accident, high potential for a big crash, because there's nowhere for these cars to get off of pit road uh, in turn four. They can't slow down in front of the field. You'd have to drop back to the very back of the pack to be able to come to pit road safely. And as we know at these racetracks, a lot of these teams pit together in bulk. And so the solution to this for this time for the time being, I guess, is that we will have a commitment line entering turn three. Pit road speed will begin there. It's a very safe solution. You can't have the, uh, you have to have the speed line begin entering three because you don't want, even though you're going to force everybody to use the apron, you don't want them racing around the apron. You don't want them trying to get around the apron as fast as possible to, to, to turn four pit road entrance. Uh, what if they spun, slid up the racetrack into oncoming traffic? That would be the worst-case scenario. So pit road speed begins entering turn three. That'll be a fun challenge. But if you have any kind of problem that brings you to pit road for an unscheduled stop, your race is over. With the addition of that, you know, extra twenty to thirty seconds, um, having to run pit road speed around turn three and four will basically knock you out of the race. Uh, but I mean, you know, anytime a, a speeding penalty or anything. Uh, any kind of penalty that's going to bring you back to pit road during green flag stops is pretty difficult to overcome as it is, but even more so now with this. So hopefully your favorite driver doesn't have any of that happening during the green flag runs at Atlanta this weekend. I'm excited to watch this race. Um, I know that a lot of people were, you know, for or against the racing at Atlanta and how it's changed since the repave. But that track will wear, I think, relatively quickly. It's in the sand hills, and sandy area down there in Atlanta. And the winters and the wind-blown uh, sand will, will be harsh on the surface of this racetrack. It should age rapidly mm. when compared to maybe like a repave at Charlotte. Uh, So this place is going to be a lot of fun for us for years to come. It is going to get better and better. And as it wears and they start having to lift, move, slide around, we are in for uh, some pretty awesome action.
1: Anyways. um, How many pit road speeding penalties do you reckon there'll be? I want Dirty Mo' Doe to have a prop bed over under on that. That's
0: going to be – you're going to want to be conservative. Because if you screw that up and have to come back down pit road, you have to come back through that same – Turn three and four pit road speed trap, your, your day is done. Yeah, going into Atlanta. Um, also, we introduced Tyler Reddick's Xfinity 10G paint scheme. We talked about it. We didn't show it on the show last week. We That's had right. Tyler Reddick. He was great. Tyler, thanks for coming on. I think everybody really enjoyed getting to hear from him. Um, but we talked about his Xfinity paint scheme and Xfinity. The reason why we want to continue to discuss that Xfinity's been so great to us here at Dirty Mo Media. And um, and it's a beautiful car. Now everybody can go look at it uh, and, and take a look at this. You'll see it this weekend. Yeah. Um, blue, dark blue fade. I love a good fade to purple. And the 45 on the door looking pretty solid, 10G, It's clean. Um, It is clean.
1: You like a good, clean race car. Yeah, I'm good with this. Yes, uh, it it is a beautiful car. I think we should put it up on our social media so everybody can see what we're talking about. But, yeah, uh, well done by Xfinity 10G and Tyler Reddick. Good luck at Atlanta. Yeah,
0: and Xfinity has talked about their, um, you know, being on this race car – they are exploring new ways to to market themselves in this business, in That's this right. industry. So um, fascinating to see how that, that moves forward for Xfinity. They love being here. I'm glad they're sticking around. And uh, kudos for them for looking for other ways to, you know, support the sport. They've supported us through sponsoring the Xfinity series. They do things for us here personally at Dirty Mo Media. And now, uh, and you know, they're on the side of this race car for Tyler Reddick. So Tyler's going to... I think I might. Tyler was having a pretty good run at Daytona. He admittedly doesn't think he does a lot of good things at those two racetracks, but he was running really good last year at Atlanta before I think a tire issue caused some problems for him. But I'm actually thinking about putting him into my fantasy lineup for this weekend. I just feel good about it.
1: That's the, ultimate, uh, we, uh, that's the ultimate vote of confidence right there when you're making your fantasy lineup. But uh, he's also due. I mean, like, they didn't come out of the gate I strong, suppose, yeah, so yeah. I think he's due. Everybody's due, man.
0: We got an uh, update on the Nashville Fairgrounds. The Fair Board approved the relationship between the track and SMI, or Bristol Motor Speedway. Now it goes in front of the Metro Board, uh, you know, to, to, which is basically uh, 40 people. This is a confusing thing, so it's gotten passed by the fair board okay three to two now it moves to the to the city to approve and that city board is forty folks but the city has now said that they're gonna whittle down this council to twenty that is happening in the near future and so that's got to happen, but also this you know this Nashville. Fairgrounds' relationship with Bristol Motor Speedway is going to go through that council around that same time. So how does that affect the possibility of it being passed? That that could be a bigger hurdle than oh. even the fair board was. Okay. But once it gets passed through that, I believe they're good to go. There's a lot of meetings, a lot of things that have to happen before then. But I think once it's approved by uh, Metro, it's that that the contract will get signed.
1: Oh, so that is the big one.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Marcus Smith, I ask him all the time, what does this mean? You know, there's there's, going to be a new mayor. Uh, There's, you know, the the changes with the council, all of these challenges. Every time I go to him and say, hey, man, does this mean things are harder? Does this mean we're stalled out? Does this mean the fairgrounds might not happen? He has not changed his position. Okay. He's been positive on it. Feels like they're in a good place. Feels good about it. They've already invested a ton of money into this process already.
1: Hey, downloaders, let's take a second here and just have a conversation, a conversation about travel planning. You know, I, my assumption is that a lot of you probably been to NASCAR races uh, and you maybe you go to one a year, maybe two or three a year. Um, certainly there's some of you guys that uh, go to a lot more. But, the, but you know, I think the average would be about one to three races a year. That's what you plan on. And I also know that we've got a lot of Dale Jr. Download listeners in the southeast. Of course we do, because this is NASCAR country. And then in the Appalachian uh, region and uh, in the Smoky Mountains up near Bristol, a lot of listeners. I'm thinking about my boy, Billy Bradley, um, one of the longtime Dale Jr. Download supporters uh, but uh, up there at Bristol. See him at the track all the time. Bristol Motor Speedway is it is absolutely the most iconic venue on our circuit. I think we can all agree on that, like it's a, you know, maybe it's a debate that we could have. But like but in terms of the thing that people must go to once in their lives, they must go to Bristol. And I just I'm really just taken back by how awesome and how much planning the 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 Bristol folks are doing for this upcoming Bristol Dirt Race. I'm telling you, it's going to be on the race is on Easter Sunday. That's unique. Okay, that's unique to have a race on Easter Sunday. And so naturally, they are going above and beyond to make this experience for their ticket buyers, you know, a once in-a lifetime experience, right? Tim Tebow, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from the University of Florida, went to the NFL. but just an amazing speaker. He's going to be delivering an Easter Sunday service uh, message for everyone. It's going to be free for uh, anyone who wants to attend. It's, it's just going to be an awesome race. And then the dirt race. Listen, say what you will. I don't know where NASCAR fans are on you know how much dirt racing experience or how much dirt racing infatuation. I think it's, uh, you know, that, that, that's also a debate. But, man, to have it once or twice a year is something special. And to do it at Bristol, I've always been a fan of that. So if you've never been to Bristol Motor Speedway, this is a time to try it out. It's time to go. It's time to go. Make your plans to be there for the Food City Dirt Race on Sunday, April 9th. It's Bristol on dirt. Just got to go see it. Right. I mentioned the uh, Easter Day celebration for anyone who wants to attend. It's going to start at 4 p.m. on the Fan Midway stage. Tim Tebow will be there. Also, they'll have music by singer songwriters Phil Wickham and Corey Asbury. Uh, Yeah, this is going to be a fantastic event. Make the Bristol Race Weekend a family weekend to remember. You got the Kids Zone, you got Food City Fan Zone, you got the Fan Midway. Experience on site camping, tailgating, concerts, entertainment, great food, beverages. Also, speaking of kids, you know, kids' cup tickets are just $10. I mean, just $10 tickets. Take a kid to the race. Just do that. That, That's that's an obligation us older race fans have these days. We got to take our kids to a race, get them involved, let them just not just see the racing, but hear it, feel it, smell it. You know, it's just a it's it's a unique experience all on its own. And we got to get these kids involved. And to get your weekend package and save, visit BristolTicks.com. So yes, get the kids out there. It's the Bristol Food City Dirt Race, Sunday, April 9th. Kids' cup tickets are $10. You can't miss it. Go do it.
0: Let's move on. We're gonna do the beer bracket. All right. Everybody, you know, March Madness is here. I filled out a bragnet. Bra- bragnet. I filled out a bracket, Mike. Did you fill one out? I heard that you uh did
2: not. You were thinking about it or <laughs> they would You couldn't get the link to work. Couldn't get the link. That's six. Ex- I think that's a personal excuse. I don't know. I think it's suspicious. Well, when right
0: I win, way. uh I I filled out a bracket, and when I win, it'll be my bragnet.
1: <laughs> because you'll have a beer, bragging on that too. Yeah, you'll feel good about it, won't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you, yeah, you told us about your bracket the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and who you had in your final four. This is a beer bracket. Uh, okay, the best beer.
0: What? What the hell? All right. So, I, you know, when I was hearing about this, Alex, I thought we were actually going to have brands of beer. No. All right, but we're not. These are going to be beers. Uh, it's like situational. Situational beers. Yeah. Okay, like yeah. uh, the first bracket. Is campfire beer or beach slash boat beer? Which, by the way, these
1: are ranked. These have got seeds. Yeah, one, two, eight. one through eight. Alex has seeded beach boat beer as the number one seed of this tournament here. Um, which I don't know if I agree with. And campfire beer being number eight, <clears throat> the All right. underdog. All
0: right. So, um, you know, beach boat beer, campfire beer. I think uh, beach boat beer is good for me. That's going to move on to my next round.
1: All uh, right. Go ahead.
0: Number two, two, bracket number two, happy hour beer.
1: Uh,
0: And free beer. Free beer and happy hour beer. (sighs) I get free beer all the time, so that's not a big deal to me, but I'm sure mostly people are gonna say free beer. Don't you think? I'm one of them. All right, let's go with free beer. That's an upset. All right. After a win beer. That's after a victory of any kind. And shower beer. What are you, creep? What in the what hell? The hell are you doing? Who's that? drinking that's, beer in the that's shower? A college thing. Yeah, Is you've never had, oh, yeah. never had a shower beer. Oh, yeah. I've never had a shower beer. Oh, that's life changing. Honestly. Okay. Well, it ain't winning for me. Freak. After a win, beer. Let's go. Win beer. Wins that bracket. <laughs> All right. The final bracket in the first round. First nice day beer. So like the first day of spring, first day of eighty degree weather. The hangover cure beer. That's the one for me. The hangover cure beer. Hangover beer. Hair of the dog is going to move on. Because that basically means we're just starting over. Today is another party, right? Because that hangover beer leads to another 12 or so.
1: So is that that's to imply that the actual drinking of a beer fixes the hangover, You right? never tried that? Never I, tried it. I've tried it. It's just never worked for well, me. Well, you got to drink <laughs> yeah. more than one. But. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All well, right. Just to get drunk again.
0: Round two, <laughs> beach beer and free beer. I'm going with the beach beer. I don't think that I will be... Uh, Yeah, this is the final four, by the way, beach beer versus free beer. Where are you going? I'm going beach. I am too. Beach beach boat beer beats the free beer. I mean, I love free beer. Who doesn't? But sometimes, you know, free beer is on the boat. That's right. Um, The second bracket of the final four, the after a win beer versus the hangover cure beer. I'm going with the uh,
1: after a win beer. Well, I had uh, First Nice Day beer as making it to the semis, but then I we're back to being similar because after a wind beer would be yeah. better. So, yeah.
0: As much as I love the hangover beer because, for me, that signals that we're going to drink all day,
1: the wind beer is a good damn beer. Congratulations on pronouncing signal right. That was impressive. Did I get that one? <laughs> I, I would have well, lost don't, that bet. Don't,
0: don't be excited the
1: next time I say it. <laughs> um all right, so All right. we have the same championship
0: Championship here. round, beach boat beer versus after a wind beer. Really? Beach boat
2: beer after a wind beer. Mmm, that's a tough one. Is that your final two? My, so I was like, Mike, I had the uh, first nice day beer moving on. Yeah. But what's your final two? My final two is beach beer versus after uh, uh, first nice day beer. First nice day. Yeah. All right.
0: Aunt, Aunt Andrew, did you?
3: Uh, I'll be honest. I just turned 21, so I haven't been to a <laughs> beach... <laughs> Jesus Christ! Beer yet? trip. that uh, should have been one of the things.
1: Turning twenty-one beer. Should have, yeah. Oh,
0: that's, that's kind a good of a one. that's a good one. After a win, beer. Yeah, that's a be your turning <laughs> <Is it>? twenty-one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, your real one ID beer. at the bar. Yeah, yeah. that's a
2: win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: know that. Um, you know, I think my turning twenty-one beer would probably be my least favorite because it was mm. probably my least favorite beer I've ever drank. Not a chance. It was the
1: first one. Yeah,
0: the first beer you drink is your least favorite beer ever. Yeah, they all get better. From that moment on,
1: I don't know. The Ken Schrader story, the week the story with Ken Schrader, but it sounded like
2: you enjoyed was, those beers that I day. I did
0: drink a lot of beer, but I forced the first, first handful of them down. I got gotcha. you. You know, when you're young, beer tastes like
2: s. Yeah.
0: No, nobody, I, I nobody, I don't, there ain't many people that drink their first beer and go, hell dumb. yeah. Yeah. I, this, this is
2: amazing. I I didn't want what a recipe.
1: A
3: <laughs> I'm yeah. just, it. I'm just coming around to
0: it.
1: Yeah. So, oh, so you don't even drink beer?
0: No, now 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 I'm
3: starting okay. to
1: get the taste
0: for it. It takes a while, but dude, yeah. once you lock in, it's weird. Once yeah. you lock mm-hmm. in, you're like, you know, these are good.
1: It's weird, <laughs> man. Cook for it, life. Yes. Also a problem in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: something that tastes so bad out of the gate, you'd think you'd never acquire a taste for it.
1: Yeah. Perseverance. <laughs> yes. You just gotta keep
0: going. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it. To Beach it. boat beer versus after a wind beer. Ah man, this is a tough one. Well, it's not for me. It ain't beach boat.
1: I'm going beach boat buddy. All right, Mike, Mike says
2: beach boat. You you just said the beach is overrated yeah. last week and now you think the beach beer is the best beer. Hey, that's okay, the I, next I, conversation. A beer. It's more like a boat beer. <laughs> okay, it's oh, boat. That's beer. the only okay. way Mike
1: can enjoy. Yeah. It, the beach. Listen, by the way, beach being overrated doesn't mean that I can I wouldn't enjoy <laughs> the beer. I'm going to go after a wind beer. Wind
0: beer for me, buddy. Um, you know Wind beer – now, beach boat beer is a great beer, all right? But you can do that any day, right? You can drive your ass over to the dock and get on that boat and have that beer right now. This wind beer only happens when you
1: win. That's the problem for
0: me. That's why that beer is so – I don't get that opportunity. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's what makes that beer better. Special, yeah. And special. And – Oftentimes, uh, you're celebrating uh, with other people in this moment. That's true. And they're all like-minded, happy, thrilled, spilling yeah. beer, pouring pouring on, beer on people. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's part and of it. again, much like the hangover beer, the wind beer means that you're going to drink lots of them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> these all do feed into each yeah. other some way. They're I all, like <laughs> I all...
0: like the beer that's going to have more beer with it. Yeah, um, you know, you don't know the campfire beer. That might be a brief little sit down. That might be a lot, right? Yeah. The uh, the happy hour beer. There you go. One hour of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shower beer <laughs> is what fifteen minutes of beer.
1: So uh, I don't know. There's drink. there's more questions. There's more questions and answers on the shower beer.
0: Yeah, I, I guess my point is, is I see I, when I see the hangover beer and the after the wind beer, I'm thinking, man, that's twelve hours of beer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. What Dale? I have a question for you. So. The retirement beer you had after yeah. your final raise. I was just thinking about that. that. Where does that rank? Those it, were good beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Those are kind of very similar to after the wind beer.
2: Yeah, I yeah. thought so. They're very unique. They're very close.
1: See, I'm gonna just make a point though that Dale also to, to to be able to enjoy those beers to their full capability, he had somebody keeping them on ice and being prepared, and that is important. The same because person. Because nobody wants a warm beer.
0: Yeah, but the same person that was keeping them on ice was also going to take and drink one of those beers. That's important. They were motivated. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, it was, we had some great reactions. Speaking of the beach uh, being overrated, mm-hmm. Mike's take was the beach is overrated. My take is that I'd love to, you know, I love to drag all my shit out there and spend hours. Um, we were discussing that because. Y'all were surprised by how many people also agreed with Mike. A ton of people. Mm-hmm. Mike's biggest complaint about this show um, is that everyone agrees with me. And when we debate, he always take, takes, takes the s*** sh- into the stick, right?
1: That's, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. And so on this <laughs> that's pa- accurate.
0: On this particular uh, debate, you feel like, hey, man, I had a pretty large yeah. group of people that were very supportive of my point of view. I feel like I dunked on all of
1: y'all. Every one of you. If you get like 45% of the likes, you dunked on us. First of all, it it, it wasn't even a fair fight uh, because this this team of talented professionals that surround me right now, (laughs) tee it up as, are you on Team Dale or Team Mike? Come on, guys. What what a lousy way to to tee that up. And I still got 45%. That is a huge win because you don't go tee it up. Team Dale or Team Mike, are you talking about the fifteenth time most popular driver? Yeah. The Hall of Famer? Or the we need, guy what, who are, hates what are people the beach? gonna vote? And yet I still got forty five percent. We
0: didn't give people the option to to choose um, neither. You know, typically in a, in the a, in those type of polls you you there's an A B and a C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so That's I true. I feel like that since we didn't do that and you you got less than half of the votes, it was
1: it was not a good win oh please I've, <laughs> I've already done my celebration yeah. parade dude <laughs> I have gone to the halls yep. I have yeah I have made everybody feel bad about themselves
2: uh, I feel good about it there is yep. a lot of good like uh, like a swim up bar I'm more of a swim up bar guy than a beach guy and I'm like well oh That that's a good. Hold up. Then then, you're on my side. Then well, so I don't don't even sit there and act like that. That's
1: exactly my point. You'd rather be in a swimming pool than a beach because the swimming pool's not salty. It doesn't have animals that'll eat you. All these things. There's just just a few of them. You're you're on my side. There
2: was a couple that swayed me a little bit, but I'm still a beach guy.
1: Here's your problem. (laughs) You guys can't actually disagree with Dale in front of Dale. No, I can. No, you can't.
2: Well, he's he's been right all the time, so oh god, look at you people. <laughs> Pathetic. It's pitiful. It really is. Anyways. <laughs> I think I just dunked on you. You
1: did? Right? How did you
0: dunk on me? He said I'm right all the time.
2: When you have a right opinion, Mike, I'll agree with you. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Currently.
0: Gosh,
1: Mike. Well, listen. Let's just move listen, on. The, this cra- gets any the, worse. Crowd,
2: the crowd has spoken. Listen, you guys,
1: you guys all fall in line. You know, <laughs> make him feel good. Let's He's just, been gone. He's been on just, vacation. You better stop. It's gonna get worse. Oh <laughs> no, not, I, dude! I won. We I need, won. We need
3: just more debate topics than mm. you guys disagree on.
1: Uh, just pick a topic. I'm sure we'll disagree <laughs> on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: So as we mentioned, um, if you haven't listened to it, make sure you go listen to the Business of Motorsports out yesterday, my sister's new podcast that we'll be releasing from time to time. Um, also today uh, we have Dirty Mo' Doe, Steve LaTarque's podcast will be out. Uh, people are loving that. And uh, Speed Street came out yesterday, and you had an amazing guest
1: for that show. Colton Herda is on the show. That's a big get. And so well done, uh, Connor Daly and Joey Molinaro. Can't wait to listen to that.
0: All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. It's been a lot of fun uh, going around and around on everything that's happening in the sport. It has been a week. I hope everybody enjoys themselves watching this weekend in Atlanta. Uh, We're going to leave you with uh, Short Track Insider hosted by Hannah Newhouse, a new segment uh, that we love here at Dirty Mo Media, talking everything grassroots racing that's going on out in the sport. And there is a lot happening at the Short Tracks these weeks. Y'all have a good one.
5: Welcome back to this week's edition of Short Track Insider, where we talked about it all last week. It was the debut of the Cars Tour for the 2023 season at Southern National Motorsports Park, where to absolutely no one's surprise, it was Deke McCaskill who captured the win in the late model stock division. Man, McCaskill knows his way around that racetrack. A a four-time track champion has seen victory lane with the Cars Tour 10 times. If you were going to be a betting man, Deke McCaskill is always the man to put your money on when they go to one of his home tracks of Southern National. National Motorsports Park. But as for the pro late model portion of things, well this driver is new not only the Southern National Motorsports Park Victory Lane, but also Cars Tour because he hails all the way from Herman, Maine, and that driver is Mike Hopkins and This win for him, he said, projected him into the 2023 season, gave them confidence knowing that they can win anywhere up the eastern coastline. And there's a chance that we could see him back in the pro late model field at some point this year with the cars too. It was a great race, a huge game of tire conservation amongst the field, allowing for multiple strategies to play out throughout the weekend. We also talked about it a little bit last week. The ASA Stars race at Five Flag Speedway took place, and drama ensued between that of Casey Roderick and Bubba Pollard in the remaining laps of the race for the Super Late Model portion. It was Casey Roderick who was able to come out on top, winning the Sunshine State 200, of course. Roderick, we've already talked about him so far this year, having had a, a ton of success earlier this year already at Five Flags uh, and New Smyrna, of course, when we talked about World Series opening this season up. So uh, to no one's surprise, he found victory lane. I think this is just the first for many of Casey Roderick and the Anthony Campy team. Well, looking forward to the weekend, Uh, it was supposed to be one of the first real busy weekends on the schedule, but Mother Nature said, nope, we are not doing that. As of right now, I've had to cross a bunch out of what to watch, but one that is still for sure happening is that of the Rattler 250 at South Alabama Speedway. A lot of drivers making their way there, including many of those that were at the Sunshine State 200. One of those drivers hails all the way from California, running for a full national tour championship in the uh, ASA Stars Tour. That is Jeremy Dawson. And here's what he had to say about this upcoming weekend.
4: Honestly, I've always wanted to go run back east to showcase what my team and I can do against the top super late model drivers in the country. Um, so my car owner, Bob Lyon, myself and the rest of the team, we sat down, put together a dream season for myself, focusing on running crown jewel races that we wanted to run for years now. And I honestly couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity. I, uh, I do believe the ASA Stars Tour and the SRL National Series is great for our sport. It provides us drivers with a lot of big, high-paying races to compete in, with a lot of publicity, so it definitely has an influence on in us running them. I've uh, got the Rattler 250 coming up this weekend at South Alabama. I've never uh, been to the track or honestly seen it other than video, but I've been doing a lot of homework, studying every video I can of super late model races at the track Um, it seems like a three-eighths bull ring something that fits my driving style pretty well so i think i'll adapt pretty quickly quickly and anything less than a win would be a disappointment in my book
5: Well, the World of Outlaw late models were supposed to have a triple header this weekend at Smoky Mountain and then doubling down at Boyd's. Mother Nature has canceled that with a winter weather advisory. But don't you worry, the World of Outlaw sprint cars are still supposed to be in action this weekend at Williams Grove on Friday, Lincoln on Saturday. You can watch all of that on dirt vision lucas oil late models were also supposed to be in action at atomic on friday brownstown on saturday that as well has been canceled as has the smart modifieds at lonesome pine and then of course the high limit racing schedule was supposed to start this upcoming week on tuesday at tulare Uh, saturated grounds expected there as well so unfortunate for them having to cancel Uh, that race at Tulare but fortunately if you're around the area in the North Carolina Charlotte region Hickory still planning on running as the Pro All-Star Series also known as Pass makes their way down south for the St. Patrick's Day 150 on Friday and the Easter Bunny 150 on Saturday so uh, hopefully weather plays more into our favor this next weekend but don't you worry we'll have you covered each and every week here on Short Track Insider.
0: Mo check, Media. Out, check, check. check out Dirty Mode Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.